Here on No Seriously, we are continuing our journey, exploring adoption from all different angles, and I am so excited for Sarah to share her story. Our goal overall for our kids, for all of our kids, is really for them to know who they are in Christ. That's our first goal, and to see themselves in light of who Christ is, no matter their skin color, whether it's the boys or the girls or the white children that we have or the black children that we have. We can't overlook the fact that they're black, but I do really hope and pray that they're seen for so much more than that. If God has called you to be a parent, then he has called you to something amazing and terrifying and messy and stressful and isolating. But I am here to tell you that you are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is No Seriously, How Do I Do This? Welcome back. It is part two of three of a special mini segment we have going on on No Seriously during November, National Adoption Month, where we are talking to three different individuals with three different stories, three different experiences and takes on adoption. And as I prepared to dive deeper into this topic, (laughs) I decided I was going to sit down with some of the smartest people that I know to get a handle on how they understood family, and the whole adoption process. Hey, sweetie. Can I ask you guys some questions? Yes. Yes. If someone were to ask you, what is a family, Arwen? What would you say? Um, What's a family? A family is people that love Jesus. And they honor the things Jesus gives them. Okay. 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 So what else could a family be? A family could be someone who takes care of you. A person that loves you. Okay. Someone who takes care of you. Mm-hmm. Someone who loves you. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone who loves Jesus, like the family of God, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Well, that's a pretty good start. So if that's what a family is... Then what is adoption? Adoption means um, that you are with one family and they can't take care of you, so um, you have to go with another family. Well, if that wasn't the most succinct and clear answer I've ever heard, I got some smart kids. All right, so I decided to ramp it up a little bit, get a little more abstract. All right. What does it mean that God adopted us? God adopted us, which means he made us. And he gave us to um, um, a person on earth, like our mom or dad. <laughs> I had to do a little bit of a double take <laughs> after that one. So he, like, gave us up for adoption? Yeah. That's an interesting concept. I mean, you've got to admit, it is pretty interesting. But you know what the Bible tells us? What? The Bible tells us that God didn't give us up for adoption, but that God adopted us. What that means is God welcomed us into his family. I'm confused right now. Honestly, that's fair. Okay, okay, let's see if I can explain this. When the Bible says that God has adopted us, it means that God made us his children. And he invited us into his family. So Arwen... Let's pretend that I didn't give birth to you, but I adopted you from someone else who couldn't take care of you for whatever reason. I adopted you, which means I welcomed you into my family. 
That made you my daughter. Being my daughter means that you have my name. It means that what I own, you own. We have a home together. Our future is together. When you asked Jesus to live into your heart, you became an adopted member of God's family where he has given you a home and a name and a future that is intertwined with him. It's all depending on him. I felt pretty good after that explanation, all right? I, I thought I was really getting through to them. I could see it on their little faces. I was making an impact, and I couldn't wait to hear how they would respond. My feet are getting tired. I want to sit down. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I tried. Well, thank you for answering my question, guys. I love you, and I know you're getting tired, so why don't we get ready for bed, okay? Mommy, okay. I want some pomegranates. You want some pomegranates? No. Me too. Now. And then bedtime? Yes. Deal. Oh, the, the fact is, concepts like adoption into God's family, it's abstract for most of us. I don't know that any of us fully grasp the weight of what that means. But if anyone had a chance, it would be parents who have adopted children. And so on this week's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Sarah Hesh. Now, Sarah and her husband, Josh, are personal friends of ours. And I trust that you're going to come to love her just as much as we do. Um, so Josh is home with the kids right now. Yep. Let's talk about the kids. How many do you have? What are their names, et cetera, for everyone who doesn't know you? Um, four kids. Million kids. Got it. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted kids. Not like the 19 kids and counting thing, <laughs> um, but we're blessed with four. Our oldest daughter is Haley. She's 13. Lydia is 10. Wyatt is five. And Luke is three. Nice. Yeah. And so you guys are all here in town. You are... Now homeschooling the younger two or the, your five-year-old, yep. essentially, but the older two are now in school. Yes. After several years of homeschooling, they are uh, at a school and it's, oh, it's been great, but definitely an adjustment. Yeah. I miss them. I miss the girls at home and they, they've always been so involved with our um, younger boys. And, and so it's, yeah, it's been a change for sure, but it's been great. It's been really good. So the dynamic between boys and girls, brothers and sisters, older and younger, that can be a little tricky. Have the girls always done well with your younger two? Uh, short answer, yes. Short answer. Truly, yes. Good. Um, they're both very nurturing and love the boys so dearly. So yes, the short answer is yes. Do the boys do That doesn't do good mean they the get girls? along all the time. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, and, and I would say having the girls gone all day in school has been a shift for them as well. Mm. It's changed the dynamic with them um, because there isn't that buffer of the girls around leading the show. Well, your family has seen a lot of adjustments in general. And so we are here to talk about adoption and, and the dynamic of your family. Mm -hmm. So would you be willing to kind of explain to people listening what it is that I am referring to, what that dynamic looks like? Josh and I have been married almost 17 years now, wow. which is crazy. And had had Haley after we'd been married for a few years and um, then had a, a miscarriage and had Lydia and then had a miscarriage. It just, you know, the, the path of creating family was very difficult. And ultimately, yeah, the, the Lord brought us through a lot and led us to adoption and um, hasn't been easy, but very thankful for how the Lord is, has built our family and how he worked through heartache to ultimately bring us to where we are today. When you were young, wanting to be a mom, what did that look like in your head? Like, I'm, I'm sure you envisioned your family one day. Yeah. What did you think it was going to look like? 
Um, I think I just, I felt very made to be a mom, I guess. I felt like he had gifted me with the passion and the desire to have children. And also like I was good at it. I felt like I was going to be good at it. I was nurturing and it just always felt like because that got, you know, because God had given me that passion and that desire that it was going to work out. Did you know how many kids you wanted, boys, girls? I don't, I don't, I never put a number on it. I don't remember ever feeling like I wanted this many kids, but I wanted more than one. I wanted more than two, you know, three, four. Maybe if things were going really well, I'd have five. <laughs> um, but it just was such a dream and such a passion um, to be married and have a family. Like that was it. That I, I never felt a career drive per se. I just wanted to be a mom. And mm -hmm. after that first miscarriage, I remember my OB telling me the news and she kind of said um, something to the effect of like, most women have you know, a miscarriage. It's not that uncommon. And so I kind of did just think, all right, I've had my miscarriage and now the plan that I've had for so many years will be fine and, and uh, work itself out. And then sure enough, yeah, you know, we had our daughter Lydia and really both of those pregnancies with the girls were easy, like relatively easy, no big red flags of anything. And um, so then we had another miscarriage and that's when that a lot of doubt really started creeping in of like, what is the Lord doing? Like, I really thought this was going to work out differently. And so we'd had the two miscarriages. We got pregnant again, found out it was a boy. Mm -hmm. um, so then we were thinking like, oh, great. We have two girls. We have a boy now. We're going to have a boy. This will be it, you know, and uh, it's been a hard road. This will be our last, you know, our last go of it. And we'll have three kids and I will be content with that. There were a few red flags, I would say, through the pregnancy, but nothing that doctors were confirming as like a big issue or anything out of town for the holidays, actually. And I felt okay. You know how you can like close your eyes, like totally put yourself back to a certain situation as if it was yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> I can totally do that with this. I remember the exact moment um, and where I was and what I was feeling and my water broke. And I was only 22 weeks pregnant and I knew in my heart of hearts, this is not good. I felt like things were working out. You know, it's a boy, like we've got two girls, we've got a boy. This has got to be right. We were out of town. We were visiting family, went to urgent care twice. And both times the test for amniotic fluid was negative. So, and you know, the doctor's like, you're fine, lady. <laughs> you just had an accident. <laughs> yeah, you're paranoid. And But I knew I, I'd had babies. I'd had two babies and I knew what it felt like, and it felt differently at only 22 weeks to have your water break, but I knew uh, things were not good. It was not right. And looking back, this seems like minutia probably in the scheme of the whole story, but I do really believe God is in those details of our situations and our trials and really shepherds us graciously through hard times. You know, we had those two negative tests in my heart of heart. I keep telling Josh, like, I know that they're telling me that my water didn't break. I know it did. Like, this is not good. We ha we need to go home. And so we, we traveled home. And looking back, I really do think that that was the Lord just really uh, showing us grace and mercy and bringing us home so that what we were about to walk through could be done at home. The comfort of our own doctors uh, in our own space, you know, our girls were able to be at home and with host family. And I just feel like that was the Lord's way of, of really being gentle with us. But yeah, so anyway, my water had in fact broke. Um, so I was on hospital bed rest for a few days and unfortunately then uh, went into labor. And hardest thing I've ever had to do for sure was give birth knowing he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to come out. And 
that wasn't going to be a happy ending. When did you know? Because at, at 22 weeks, is there any chance of viability? Yeah. You, so apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently boys typically develop slower. And so some of their you know, their lung development and such is just not where it needs to be at that stage. Um, and so one of the first things the doctor told us was, unfortunately, because it's a boy that actually is going to work against us. And um, we had one uh, specialty doctor that that had said, you know, pretty much this is probably not going to work out well for you. Um, but if you want to fight for this baby, we will fight with you. And she was very kind. And of course, we said, yes, we want to fight for this baby as much as we can. And they did whatever they could do to help me. And my amniotic fluid levels just kept decreasing despite being on bed rest and, and doing everything I could do. Just really wasn't anything else we could do. It just wasn't enough. Wasn't quite enough. So you gave birth to a little boy. Yes. And it did not end the way that you would have wanted it to. So you had your son and you had to say goodbye. So now you still have these big questions. You'd had questions with miscarriages. Now this is a, an even more dramatic scenario of child loss. And where were you at that point with God, with family planning? What was going through your head? It took us a while. It did. Um, took us a while to process. We actually had had one more miscarriage after that. And um, that was when a doctor was able to tell us, <laughs> your uterus is just not shaped well. Um, you will not have more children biologically. Maybe we could do surgery, but, you know, guarantees. She said, I don't, I don't really know how you were able to give birth to your girls. And so that was a closed door for us. We grieved, we wept, and we were uh, exhausted from grief. <laughs> it was a long road of being grumpy, frustrated, and definitely, yeah, not sure what the Lord was doing. I think God's grace, though, is that he doesn't ever tell us that we won't experience those hard things in life. That's never been a promise to us. But I do believe his hand is on all things. He was really able to teach us a lot about just us as individuals, really strengthened our marriage and just woke us up to a few things. As twisted as it sounds, I am able to look back and be very thankful for that part of our journey that was so hard and so confusing and frustrating, exhausting. But yeah, like ultimately that wasn't the end for us. I had maybe thought about adopting, but it was never like a bucket list, right? It was never something I was like, I really think we should do this someday. Josh, my husband, had certainly never even considered the idea, I don't think. I just never felt like our family was complete. I didn't feel like we were done. Started carefully talking together about adoption and that process. And is that even something we care to do? Did the Lord close the door because this is it? This is our family? Or did he close the door because he has something different for us? And we were so unsure. We really were until, <laughs> until the very end. We just kept taking the next step towards adoption. They were baby steps. We kept taking the next step and praying our way through that, navigating our way through, is this right? Is this right? Is this next step right? And um, trusting that God would continue to, to guide us and make the path clear. We kept feeling the same thing. We had uh, very much had unity in it. And there was never really a time where I felt super strong about adopting and he didn't or you know, vice versa. And so very thankful for that and just kept seeking the Lord step by step and, and prayerfully considering 
what maybe he was doing in our family. And, and ultimately, yeah, we ended up with two boys through adoption. So how long after losing your son did you take that first step? And what, what is the first step? Uh, it was a while. We, we didn't want to react, didn't want to just adopt because Sarah wanted more kids. That wasn't the goal. And I, like I said, we wanted to make sure this was something that the Lord was leading us to and not just something we were running away from to fill a hole or a void. And so for us, it was a lot of just front porch conversations like, what do you think about this? And what might this feel like? Since we had biological kids, we both questioned, like, could it possibly be the same to have adopted children mm-hmm. that you love mm-hmm. just as much? And, you know, I I had carried the girls in my womb and I'd nursed them. And could it possibly feel the same? Yeah. Um, and so we just wrestled with a lot of those questions, honestly, a lot of self-centered questions like, do we really want to do this? Is, is it worth it? Is it worth the hassle? It's a lot. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. Maybe it's easier to just be content with what the Lord has given us. And for us, it was just kind of one step at a time. And we went to like an informational meeting at an agency, just asked questions, found out what our options are. And there's so many ways to adopt. And every story I've heard about adoption is different. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no script for how it's going to work out. And so just, yeah, just taking the next right thing. We ended up um, having some friends that had adopted and that was super helpful to talk with them about their experience and what agency did they use and so many questions and things we'd never never done before. So not easy. It's not for the faint at heart for sure, but we wouldn't trade our experience for for anything. So So tell me a little bit about your boys. Both of your sons are adopted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you said they're three and five. Yep. So fairly close in age. Uh, I got to correct you. It's actually five and a half. Wyatt (sighs) Wyatt would want me to say that he is five and a half. I don't even know if he knows what that means, but Five and a half, three and a half. Okay. Yes. They've earned that half. Right. I understand. So five and a half and three and a half. So they're they're close in age. But tell me a little bit about your boys. Um, Okay. So Wyatt is, oh my goodness, so sweet. He was, he's such a gift for our family. And I feel like he put so many things into perspective for us just because of his little sweet, oh my goodness, such a tender personality. Um. He was just the right fit, just what we needed. Tender hearted, super athletic, stereotype little boy, mm-hmm. likes to move, likes to jump, likes to um, throw anything and everything he gets his hands on. Luke is our jokester. He's hilarious. He's only three and a half, but he's so funny, loves to dance and, and goof around and just be goofy. And they're right now best buds, which is really fun to see. I hope that continues. I hope that stays. We'll see. Um, but they are kind of lost without each other, which is mm-hmm. super sweet. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that dynamic. That's the same with my girls. Mm-hmm. And I hope it lasts, right? It's the mm-hmm. same exact thing. Now, I think it is worth pointing out and exploring. You adopted two black boys and you otherwise are, are a white family. So was that something that you pursued intentionally? Did you go into it knowing that that's what you wanted? We did not. We weren't opposed to the idea. Um, we were open to that. Honestly, that's, that is probably one of the strangest aspects of adopting was going through a 
a checklist, so to speak, of do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? Um, are you open to twins? I'm guessing nobody asked you that, right, Summer? <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody asked, asked me that. Um, you know, different health backgrounds. Are you open to a baby that might have this issue or that issue? We certainly had never, you know, answered any of those questions when we had the girls. And so some of that was super awkward with our first adoption with Wyatt. We were very open, tried, tried to be very open. We were open uh, race as well. Wyatt is, uh, is black. So then when we, um, I think we were only home summer two weeks, three weeks maybe. And Josh, my husband said, we're going to have to do this again. He's going to need a brother. And um, so sure enough, then when the second time we, because Wyatt was black, we did actually um, ask that our next baby would be black. And we started out, we had, had checked the box for a boy, just thinking, I would love to have two brothers and I would love to have them for them to have their skin color in common. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, if they care at all right now, but I do think that that'll be something down the road at least that they have in common that I think will be beneficial for them. And is that something that you have always been open with in your family? I I think this is a consideration that those of us who've never adopted or don't have a transracial family, we've never had to consider. But in culture, I think we're starting to ask those questions a little bit more. Is it a virtue to be colorblind? Do we embrace and celebrate? What is the right answer? And so as you have navigated this, what did you guys settle on and why? Yeah. Well, we're still navigating this. Um, I, You know, it's something that I think will change and evolve as the boys continue to grow um, and get older. We've gotten used to a lot of looks in the store because we look different. Uh, we look different as a family, and um, I don't notice it anymore. And I think, you know, for the, for the boys, obviously, it's not it's not something we can hide, right? It's a little obvious they were adopted, we, it's something we've used that word with them as long as they've been able to talk about it. And I don't think Luke at his age really understands what that means to be adopted. But, you know, they were learning their colors. We were talking about colors of our skin as well. And just pointing that out that you're this and I'm that. And that's great. That's you're black on purpose. I'm white on purpose. And, you know, we, we say over and over, God, does not make mistakes. And you're supposed to be this way. I'm supposed to be this way. I would say like, strangely, like, I don't know how we have black boys and we just don't notice it every single day. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's truly a grace of God, just that it is, they fit so well into our family. They complete our family so well. You just don't think about it on a day-to-day basis. Maybe when I'm trying to pick out their hair or, you know, their, their skin is extra dry or something. There's been some of those learning curve issues, but you know, from a, the day to day, it's not something we dismiss, but it's also not something that we see every single day. It's a part of who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want them to be proud of that. And, you know, that's a positive thing. That's how the Lord made them at the same time. There's so much more to them than just being black. Yeah. And I know there will be people that see them, and the first thing that they see is that they're black. But I hope and pray that they're known for so much more than just that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like for your family and for your daughters, having that specific dynamic? Because you're right. I mean, you have kids that have different hair color, or you have kids that have different pers- uh, personalities or different intellectual capacities or challenges. 
I mean, that's, it's just another part of that list that distinguishes your kids from each other. But this particular distinction, do you feel like it has stretched or grown you individually or you as a family? Have you learned anything that you had never considered before as it comes to parenting black sons in particular? Yeah. So we did, we did do some training before we adopted. Um, and actually it was a part of our home study before we even knew whether or not our children were going to be black. And that was helpful. It really, it really was helpful to, to think about things from different perspective and, you know, some more tangible things, like I was saying, like skin and hair care, that was different. Some cultural things that we've never considered before. And I, I think it will be an ongoing thing for us, something that we're going to keep learning about. And as our boys keep, you know, growing and maturing, I think there will be more things that we need to grow and learn in it with them. And our goal overall for our kids, for all of our kids, is really for them to know who they are in Christ. That's our that's our first goal. Yeah. And to see themselves in light of who Christ is, no matter their skin color, whether it's the boys or the girls or the white children that we have or the black children that we have, that's our ultimate goal for them. We can't overlook the fact that they're black, but I do really hope and pray that they're seen for so much more than that. And it is a really a cultural hot topic right now, right? And mm-hmm prayerfully considering how that is going to affect our boys both now and how we're shaping them and growing them in our in our home and and what they may experience. Right now they're cute little black boys, right? And yeah. that's different than when they're strong black men. Um, but I hope they're known, like I said, for so much more than just their skin color. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they have a a good family to get them set up on the right road in that. And so I, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm so proud of you and I'm excited for the journey that you are on now. Okay. The big question. And I think oh this boy. is what, well, this is a question for all of us when we consider adoption, when I've considered adoption, I look at my kids and I love my kids and like, but how is it possible? Is it different? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it would have to be different in some capacity, but you say that they complete your family. I mean, at any point, have you ever felt like they're less my kid? No, no, absolutely not. It's, this is probably where I would maybe get emotional. I'll try not to. I'll go for it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I honestly I don't know how to tell you anything other than, yes, I, I loved being pregnant. I loved that. I'm so thankful, truly, truly thankful that I experienced that. That was a dream of mine. To know what it felt like to grow a baby in my belly was a big deal for me. And I, I'm so thankful. <laughs> that I got to experience that. The heartache along the way was so tough. It was so difficult. It grew us so much. And I, that was probably the biggest question Josh and I had. Like, how is this going to work? And and then, yeah, we find out that it's actually going to be a black baby. How do we not look at them every day and think, oh, yeah, they're adopted. Oh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. adopted. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to you, but it just has not been an issue for us. We love them so dearly, so thankful for them. And they do, they fit perfectly into our family and can't imagine life without them. Well, I mean, in the eyes of God, they were always meant to be your children. They were born to somebody else biologically, but they were always meant to be yours. Yeah. It's, you know, I've always been pro-life summer. I really have. But the adoption process is really interesting with that. I'm 
so grateful that both of their birth families chose life when there was another option for them that they were able to be brave and go through a pregnancy and make the decision they made was life-giving for us. And it's an amazing journey that we did not foresee coming, but has been truly a blessing. What would you say as we, as we start to wrap up here? I I just, I want to know what was the best, what was the hardest part of this journey, those distinctions, if you had to point to one thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I, okay, so one of the hardest things with adopting, I would say, was just the unknown. You know, making a decision to do this is one thing, but but then you still are waiting and wondering and not sure what it's going to look like or when it's going to happen. Do you plan that vacation that you were going to maybe go on or do you sit at home and wait for a call? Um, that was really hard for me. I like to be organized, you know, know what's coming next. And so that was that was an awkward thing, the waiting and wondering and you know, then we get a call and is this it? Is this the right situation? Is this going to pan out? So that was probably one of the hardest things about a, a, the adoption process. I can truly be honest and say it was fun to bring home a baby and not have been pregnant for nine months. <laughs> but even <laughs> and, that, I remember you bringing home Luke and he's there, he's with us, he's in your arms during small group, and there was still a chance that in the court system, it would fall apart and you might not be able to keep him. Like, I just can't imagine when you were going through that, how agonizing. And I remember the text messages of, you know, it's okay, it's final. He's he's ours forever. You know, I just, who as a mom, that had to be agonizing too. Yeah, the process is difficult. And each state is different where you are adopting from has different laws. And so, yeah, staying up on how does this work from this state and um, you know, we traveled to, for both of our adoptions, we traveled and then we stay there until we get the green light to go home. And so, yeah, that it was, it was unique. You know, we went through it the first time and decided to do it again. And it was kind of like, oh, we've done this once. We got this. We know what we're doing. It was so different. Even the second time was different with our first adoption. We hadn't really interacted with birth parents with the second adoption. We were able to, and you know, just so many different things that made it a completely different experience. It's just like having biological children, though. You know, right. we do it, uh, yeah. and then we feel like, I've done this. I know what to expect. There are certain things that we probably, on a survival level, just forget. We forget how much it hurts. We forget, you know, all those things so that we will do it again. But it's always a unique experience. However you're having your children, it sounds like. Yeah. It's a unique experience. Definitely. So what was, if you had to pick one thing, what was the best thing about adopting for you guys? Your favorite part? Favorite part? Um, probably, so we, like, we were homeschooling at the time. So bringing the babies home and having the freedom to literally just bond was a gift. And to see our girls bond and connect with these babies that came from another state that we just went and traveled you know, it, that was, that's probably one of the things I cherished the most. It was, it was truly just a gift to be able to do that. And I think a pleasant surprise because we didn't know what that would feel like, Mm -hmm. um, to just look back on those moments where we were literally just sitting around and loving on a baby (laughs) was just super fun. Mm, I love it. And so if there's someone listening right now, who's Considering this road, whatever their circumstance, 
and they are not sure if this is worth it or if it's for them. And what would you say is the very first thing that they should do? Well, it, it is worth it. It is a, it is difficult. It's not a, an easy road. I, it's not a one size fits all thing. So I can't just tell somebody what it's going to be like necessarily. For us, we just, like I said, we never really were super sure um, until we were sure. And so taking just the next step in faith and trusting the Lord to light the path, right? He doesn't show us the light till the end. He just shows us that next step and lights the path for that next step or two. And so for us, it was baby steps of just keep talking about it, making sure we were together on it and in agreement mm-hmm. upon it and not taking a next step until the other person was ready to. Uh, maybe it's picking up a book about adoption. Maybe it's you know talking with somebody who has adopted, certainly praying about it and setting aside specific time to really pray about it. Uh, maybe it's meeting with an agency. That was one of our first steps is just like, hey, let's just get some more information about this. I love it. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, I'm sorry to have kept you from your cute little oh my goodness, that's cute okay. little kids as long as I have, but I appreciate you taking Thank and making you. the time and sharing your journey. Thank you so much, Summer. Everyone's parenting journey is unique. Whether your children were biologically birthed by you or whether you opened your doors to children that originated in someone else's womb, your story is unique and it's beautiful and it's yours. And God has a heart and a desire to welcome you into his family. And if you want to talk more about that, maybe you have questions. I'd love if you reached out to me. I might not have all of the answers, but I'm happy to find those who have more than I do and to just be a listening ear. You can email me at summer at seriouslyhow.com. But maybe adoption of a child is something that you have been considering for a while. You've been batting the idea around and you're excited to hear other people's perspectives. Well, if you didn't hear our episode last week, I want you to check it out and I want you to stay tuned for next week as our third and final guest in this segment shares her journey, the highs and the lows, and the unique struggles that they faced while trying to form their family. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure to search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This? wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and rate the show, share it with a friend. And as always, remember, remember that you are loved and you're not alone. Thank you.